right, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Department Podcast with Justin Valentovic, Stephen Clark, and Jesse Norman. And today we're going to talk about the NFL draft a little bit. You know, it's you know about a week or so, a little over a week, about two weeks now, right? Week. About a week or so. We, we have a little we over a week. Marinate yeah. 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 You know, just to digest everything. So Justin, take a deep dive into every team's all 259 picks of the NFL draft. And we're going to go over who we think was, who had the best draft, who had the worst draft. Who was the biggest reach? Who was the best value pick? And, you know, so forth, stuff like that. We're not going to go team by team by team because that would be monotonous. And quite frankly, we don't know enough about those players to even do that. So that's kind of just a waste of our time. So we're going to go little round robin, just kind of take a little little talk here and there about some things. But And then we'll finish off with the Aaron Rodgers drama that's going on and any other potential news around the NFL. But, guys, what's going on? Not much, not much at all. Just hanging out, enjoying the somewhat nice weather as of recent. Um, it's baseball season. It's spring is here. Summer's around the corner and vaccines are getting out there. So I'm having a great time out here. Yeah, can't complain too much. Playoffs are about to start. Um, can't wait for that. Looking forward to it. Cool. So let's get right into it then and start with a team. We'll go around and we'll just give our team, we'll talk about it, and we'll discuss. Who do you think had the best overall draft through the seven rounds in helping their team? So let's start with Jesse. Well, that's a tough one. I, I liked a lot of drafts this year. Um, I thought I thought a lot of teams uh, did a lot of good things. Um, I liked New England's a, a good amount. I don't know if they were necessarily the best, but I loved getting Mac Jones at 15. Uh, he's the perfect system fit for them. There was a lot of talk going in about if they had to trade up. Um, they didn't. They sat right where they were, got him. And then you look at the second round, trading up and getting Christian Barmore, who was probably a top 20 talent, I would say, maybe even top 15 talent-wise, um, playing at the defensive tackle position. Um, obviously a little less uh, valued than some of the flashier, you know, cornerback, wide receiver, everything like that. But um, that's a great value pick they got at 38. Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma was good. Stevenson from uh, the running back, they're going to turn him into somebody who'll be productive for probably the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then they got the inside linebacker out of Michigan, who's probably going to get a payday in like four years it's once always- he leaves New England. <laughs> It's um, always hard to look at like the later rounds for the Patriots. Like, ah, oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be bad because they always find ways to utilize every single person, either on defense, offensive depth, special teams. So, and the fact that Mac Jones literally fell to the Patriots without having to move up at all—it's ridiculous. It helps their draft a lot. And you know, Bill will be Bill. He'll take players that necessarily we won't really know too much about, and they'll work out. And you that's know, just a testament to the great coaching and scouting that they have there too. Like they see the potential in somebody and then they know their coaching staff can turn them into somebody who's going to be great for them. And they filled all their holes too. Like they basically have a complete team now. And I don't know, Mac Jones is most likely going to start to start off the season, but he does have a veteran quarterback and Cam Newton behind him they, to help him and they have learn about the league and everything. Basically coming back after they all opted out because of COVID. But that is- the, in the offseason they had too in free agency, adding all the other yeah. pieces. So yeah, they're they're a threat again, but for sure. Easily gonna come looking for the Bills for the NS the AFC East title. So I want to keep it with my team in the AFC East as well. And I want to go with the Jets on yeah. the sheer fact that started with Zach Wilson. They got their quarterback. You know, this is who Joe Douglas and Rob Soller hitching their wagon to. And then they traded up, got Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, 
they needed offensive line help. So they, you would assume this would be their left guard. So they solidified their left side of their O line for hopefully 10 years with Zach Wilson. So, you know, his blind side is covered. You know, they needed a wide receiver. They got Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, who a lot of people thought could have been a late first round talent. And he fell to them in the second round. So that replaces Robbie Anderson. So Moore and Mims could be a very good combination. And then also in the fourth round then, because they didn't have a third round pick, they went and got Michael Carter from North Carolina, who, you know, is a good running back. And we've seen in the NFL where you can find good running backs in the late rounds and be productive. And that's something that to help a rookie quarterback, you know, give him a running back to support him a little bit. And then they went safety, safety, cornerback, and they basically just filled out their entire defense, which they were, it was shaky last year. So they got young players on both sides of the ball who can develop and potentially be pieces long-term. And basically on offense, they drafted one of every type of player they needed and they filled out their roster. I, I like the Jets draft. Um, the only thing that stops me from loving it is uh, Zach Wilson was not my number two quarterback. Um, there were teams in the NFL for some reason that really loved Zach Wilson. I was not a Zach so Wilson if, huge fan. He was my fourth. So what quarterback um, I put him have, behind Fields and Lance? So if they had taken Fields. I think Fields you, or Lance. Field, Fields or Lance. I'm the big Fields Whichever guy. one. Um, yeah. I'm a huge Lance fan as well. I know Lance needs some polish, but athletically, measurement, intangibles, he is just an absolute monster. Um, but Fields is also right up there. Um, with, with Wilson, I really just look at the fact that he was not tested whatsoever well, in college, he, well, he was not classic, even a little bit. He was the classic case of college football season ends, nothing happens between NFL draft time, and just flies up boards sheerly on tape. And people are buying well, into and it. Like, look at the fact of the matter is too. When you look at his tape, yeah, it's it's great. You know, it's it's phenomenal. He had what I would consider was probably the best line in the Power Five last year, off of sheer time in the pocket. I mean, he he had these. He could do these crazy plays uh, of these improv of like twelve second plays because they were blocking for him for the first 10, 11 seconds. I mean. He wasn't faced with with much pressure. With all that being said, I I love all their other picks. Elijah Vera Tucker was the best guard that they possibly could have got. Probably the only first round guard um, in, in the, the whole draft, draft that can also Definitely. play tackle. So trading up, getting him, whether you put him on the side with Becton, whether you flip him to the other side, so you have at least one Ooh, good balance. lineman kind of on each side. Um, no, I I love that move. I think uh, Michael Carter is. Uh, gonna be a really good running back in the NFL honestly um he was really well balanced um coming out of UNC um I I like the draft I do and they got a bunch of secondary players which most of those guys you just develop anyway in the later rounds and you can see them become very good players two three years down the line yeah um back to the Zach Wilson thing I know like a lot of like the websites and us even in general right now are giving him a lot of crap but he's not the best um quarterback in the draft but that was their guy that's the guy they wanted and that's the guy that's that got. yeah that's their decision and that's the, who they wanted it them too. focusing on protecting zach wilson and giving wilson a bunch of weapons in the first several rounds i just think that's a phenomenal job in general it's more they did more than they did for sam Darnold. they did it in three nights compared to however many years Darnold was with them in three years for Darnold. yeah yeah like they did yeah. more in three nights than they did for Darnold in general as its tenure as a Jet. So they're all in on Zach, which I love to see. Do I think Zach might be a future bust for the Jets? I 
do. I don't think he's going to be as good as they think he's going to be. He'll be very mid, mid quarterback. He's not going to be the worst. He's not going to be the best, but I don't see him being a top tier franchise quarterback for this team at all. All right. So Clark, we'll keep it with you. Who do you think had the best draft then? Well, we, we teased it a little bit. Jesse and I were talking about the quarterbacks that were better than uh, Zach Wilson, and I'm going to the ones that I like the most. And that was the Chicago Bears taking Justin Fields and basically flipping the script on their whole organization. Uh, the trade for Tevin Jenkins. Tevin yeah. Jenkins, fantastic trade, a, a fantastic tackle. Um, one of the guys I was looking at for the Colts for a while, but um, they took him and it was a great trade to take him. And they also went offense a lot of their rounds too. They want to give Fields a lot of weapons around him and a lot of protection. They drafted two tackles. They drafted the running back and the wide receiver. And they focused their last two picks on their defense. So I really like surrounding your young rookie quarterback, similar to the Jets with what they did. But I do think that they have the better talent. The the Bears drafted the better talented players compared to the Jets. So um, sticking with the AFCs, just one I really want to highlight, even though it wasn't um, my favorite. Um, The Miami Dolphins did absolutely fantastic in this draft. Uh, Jalen Waddell at number six. A lot of people would argue if he was healthy, would have been the Heisman winner. Um, I am one of those people. Um, Jalen Phillips, top pass rusher in the draft. I don't know if there's really a conversation. Um, He is the best pass rusher. They got him at 18. Um, Javon Holland, first or second best safety. I'd have him behind Mayrig, but he's right up there. Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, starting quality uh, tackle, whether you put him at right. You could even shift him into guard if you want. And then they probably get the second best tight end in Hunter Long. Um, incredible value picks for Miami. Um, they got re- They pretty much gutted four, five, six, all those rounds and just went really hard at one, two, and three. And, um, and I loved it. I think it worked out. They were a team that they know they're going to be competing in a hard division where the AFC East last year could have been viewed as kind of weak. It's going to be one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL this upcoming year. For sure. So Jesse, let's keep it with you then. Let's flip the script a little bit. And who had the worst overall draft? Oh, I, I'm going to go with the new Orleans saints. Um, it really starts in the first round. Peyton Turner, um, I mean, grade-wise, you're looking at a guy that was late second, early third. Um, if somebody really fell in love with his intangibles, maybe mid-second. But this is a guy who got hurt every single year. Um, and then the tape, yeah, he looks really big and athletic, but that's pretty much all he had. Um, he would just run off the ball. There was no moves really for there. And yeah, that's going to work when you're playing at Houston and you're six, <laughs> six to 70. Um, but just, just across the board, I, I just, they didn't really hit any of the things None. that I felt like they needed. They went inside linebacker in the second round. That's not really helping them that much. Um, I mean, I guess it, it makes up for a, a Falonzo leaving, but He's going to be playing probably, you know, he's not going to play with DeMario Davis. He's probably there to kind of help take DeMario Davis off the field for some uh, downs. Do you really waste a second round pick on that? Um, And then, I mean, I like the cornerback out of Stanford, but then you go Ian Book. You already have a a Taysom Hill thing there. Are you trying to redo that again? 
And that's um, how you can kind of gauge like who has bad drafts, not by the players. Cause you know, they're just prospects. You don't know how they pan out. It's if you draft positions, you don't really need, or you have an excess of already. Yeah, no, they needed coming into this draft. They needed uh, a wide receiver. They needed a corner um, pr- outside linebacker for sure. Safety and probably guard. They drafted a single wide receiver in the seventh round and they got a corner in the third who could end up being good, but you went in with probably five to six needs and you're walking out with maybe one of them possibly panning out. Yeah. I feel like they like drafted in reverse order kind what? of. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's like, I, I get, you don't want to like just take the picks that you need. And sometimes it's better to take the best player available on the board, but they didn't even do that. So there's no excuses for the saints here. Um, I just don't think they picked the best player at that position that was still available i don't know if it's something in their scouting system or it's kind of a transition of what the saints are though we really don't know what they are at this point they're in a weird phase are they going to keep going for it or are they going to rebuild i think they have to rebuild and i think this is i think this is kind of the start of it where they took a lot of flyers um, and projects a lot of flyers but like and i understand that kind of in the later rounds but you took a flyer on the first round definitively um, probably the third round and then pretty much every point there on the only one I think that's really going to come in and, you know, be an impact player is probably Pete Werner, who, again, I think he plays better, you know, as a Demario Davis kind of role, not with Demario Davis. Uh, Demario Davis is fantastic. He's great, but you don't need two of him on the field for what he does. You don't need two coverage linebackers. You would need a pass rusher. So I don't know. Yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll be right back. Where are you going? I, I had to oh, fine. I have to do something quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. Where'd you go? I'm right here. You can go. Go. I'm right here. Yes. What, 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 what's your who, question for me, who's, Mr. Balantovic? Who's your worst draft? And um, strictly – off drafts and th- this hurts. I'm, I'm going with our team, Justin. I'm, I'm going with us. I, I don't like the draft as a whole. It's very high risk, low reward, I would say. Because you started off hot. You started off great. Quitty pay, fantastic pick. I really like that pick a lot. But then once you get into that, you draft to do with one leg, Dio Dengbo. So it, it could be really nice if he turns out great. But if if he doesn't, it's a bust at the sec- at the um the second round pick right there and even if he is great it's it's just a d lineman it's not like a really pl- a player that makes a big impact there so it's very high risk low reward if you ask me then you draft a short tight end you draft a midget safety sam ellinger who's a fine fine he's okay he's a good backup it's but another it's another eason situation exactly yeah, you, you already have already eason. Had that. that's just a waste of a pick at that point then I like the seventh round ride receiver Strachan or Michael Strachan, whatever. He's huge. So that's fine. But then you finally draft your O lineman in the seventh round, which was needed. That's why I'm grading this only off the draft. I know they're going after a Fisher right now and they're going after Leno right now, but I'm just grading this off the draft and going into the draft. Your biggest needs was the lineman. 
what you picked up Quiddy, but you didn't draft a tackle until the last round, well, very last pick of the last round for the Quiddy pay. Also, while I like the pick, that's going to be a guy you're going to get more production out of probably year two, year three, where you have to develop him. Not necessarily a Jalen Phillips coming out, you know, super polished. Exactly. So he, that's a guy you got to develop. And the Colts, I feel like, are very much in a win now. Oh, absolutely. Mode. And then you, uh, like you said, Clark, you take a second rounder, uh, a guy who literally just tore his Achilles, you yeah, know, he's under three months, th- three months in. So he's not going to play this year. I, I think exactly. that goes without saying. And then you Apparently. get a tight end out of uh, SMU that mostly played fullback. Pretty, he yeah, drops. He, he's kind of like our Trey he, Burton replacement, sort of. But yeah, he, but well, still, it's not needed. You need it. Yeah, you needed a big tight end. You, I like the guy you drafted, Jesse. I think um, that Fair tight enough. end. Oh, oh, Franken. Uh, yes, that's who yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. Yeah. in that uh, point in time. But I think we took Dio then. But uh, it's just it's you got you got the positions that you needed, but again, not the right players, if you ask me. I feel like you guys have like a million second round picks, but then yes. the draft comes and you don't have them. Where do where what year are they? Well, one of them. Well, our third round pick went with uh, over to Philly for Wentz. Yeah. yeah. And our first round potentially next year or a second round next year is also went over depending on how we do. So yeah. that could hamstring us a little bit. Also, this was one of the years that we didn't have multiple picks because Ballard usually trades back and gets them and he didn't. And it was weird that he didn't actually make any positional moves until like the seventh round. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was odd. It, it, it was an odd draft. It, it's just very, it's a risky draft, honestly. Like if they pan out, especially Dio and Quiddy, if those two pan out, then it will be it, worth it. It'll but be Mathis I, and Freeney again at that point. Exactly. With, That's with what Buckner. they wanted. But I, I just, it, it's very hard to get hyped and excited for this one. One guy doesn't have a leg and the other guy doesn't do pass rushing moves. He just bull rushes and kind of just throws people. He's not trained to be an NFL defensive lineman. He's just very strong and very powerful, which is great, but you need to be able to have the finesse moves and the moves to be able to get around some of these top linemen in the world. So it's very, very risky draft. So for me, real quick, my worst draft, it goes with the team who basically had the least amount of picks. And that is the Houston Texans, mainly because they did it to themselves. You know, they had two third round picks. They got Davis Mills out of Stanford and Nico Collins. There's your quarterback and wide receiver, potentially the future, because who knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson. They took a tight end and inside linebacker and a defensive tackle. They got absolutely nothing from this draft. And that's where they are because they've done it. They did it to themselves. Like I get, you know, drafting a quarterback because you don't know about the whole Deshaun Watson situation. But also you signed Tyrod Taylor. You made that trade for Ryan Finley for like a seventh round pick. Like you, you've done these other things to kind of prepare for him to not for be post Watson. Why? Why take a quarterback? I, I don't know. First? Do you think Mills is a potential starter in this league? Going, they forward? think so. I, I certainly don't. They think um, it's either enough to give him a competition for quarterback for Tyrod Taylor, or they can develop him. I, I just. I think it's interesting. Um, They came in, they needed, they desperately need a running back first off. Yeah. And they had all these later round picks. So it's like, all right, well, at least you guys could maybe get a running back to kind of build your offense around moving forward without Watson, kind of like how Jacksonville did last year with Robinson. Um, 
kind of like how the Lions did with Swift, you know, you might not have these, um, these big guys, the, you know, have a good record, but at least you have guys that are being productive and you can find roles that they can fit in. Um, they did not draft a single running back. Uh, they desperately need corners so badly did not draft a single corner. Um, they got with, uh, got rid of, um, uh, McKinney. They sent him to, I believe it was Miami and didn't get a replacement for him. Um, yeah, they didn't have, you know, as many picks, they only, but you could still find positions you need. Well, and especially there, there are positions in the later round that are better to go for like a corner, like a running back, like, you know, tight end, you can find those guys later on in the rounds that end up being better long-term. Um, but instead there, they went for positions that really were at the top of the draft, like quarterback, they did. They basically drafted how you would think they would draft if they had the first and second round picks, but they yeah. did. So here they are. Those are the Houston Texans. So it's bad. Let's, yeah, it's bad. It, it's it, it, yeah. Just at the end of the day, it, David Mills. I don't know if you guys touched on it while I was yeah. gone for a minute, but yeah, no, not not a good pick. Not no. So bad. we just talked about some bad picks. What pick for what team do you think is the best value pick? You can define it as you know, position where they were drafted or falling to them and they didn't have to move up for it. So who do you think is going to get their best bang for their buck out of their player they took in any round? Jesse, who do you think? Uh, I have two. First off, Minnesota uh, getting Darisol at 23 when they probably should have already taken him at 14 um, was fantastic. Um that's absolutely uh, – you know what? Actually, I have three because pair that right, – well, we'll take, Taking them from pair us. That, pair that with yeah. Rashawn Slater. This is the Jesse segment. All right, was anybody least. saying Rashawn Slater? Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Well, all right, well, then you guys can talk about Rashawn Slater. Um, my second one, uh, definitely Micah Parsons from the Cowboys. Oh, they wow. traded back, added a third rounder, and still got their guy. Similar thing with Minnesota. They traded back and still got their guy. Darisol is a legit starting left tackle. Um, he is going to really help out that line, which was – really the weak point of Minnesota last year. And, um, you know, depending on the Aaron Rodgers situation, Minnesota could be looking to try to get right back in that division hunt again this year with uh, players coming back from opt-outs and um, the draft that they had, which overall was pretty good. And then um, the Cowboys, everybody said, oh, they have to go corner. They have to go corner. They have to go corner. Well, they decided the best corners weren't on the board for them anymore. J.C. Horn went at eight. Uh, Patrick Sertan went at nine. They said, all right, we're going to trade back at a third rounder and then probably get the best defensive player in the draft in Micah Parsons. Yeah. And you, there is, there is character concerns there. But it also, it makes but, sense. They took him because they declined Van Der Esch's fifth year option. So and Sean is, Lee retired. This and is immediately their replacement to both of those players with Jay, for to pair with Jalen Smith. The thing with Parsons is, too, he can play different roles, whatever you need him to do. He can move to the edge and be an edge rusher. He can also be an inside linebacker. He can also be kind of a hybrid of both of those things where he covers sometimes and then also can pass rush, similar to kind of uh, an Anthony Barr at his peak in Minnesota, a guy who can really kind of do whatever you need him to. Uh, And they, again, added him while also acquiring a third-round pick. So, Clark, who you got since you were a little vocal, um, a little upset about Jesse taking everybody? Let, 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 me, let, me, let me say two then to, 
So take, take another one away from Justin. Right. You got Jock, first of all. Um, going to the Cleveland Browns, they, one of the oh yeah, one of the greatest prospects in, in the draft. And the fact the Browns just added to their already stellar defense that they're building. Um, their line is looking fantastic. We'll get to NFL predictions for season and all that soon. But uh, Miles Garrett's my prediction for defensive player of the year. Um, but I really like the defense that they're building there. And the fact that Jock just fell to them is, is ridiculous and projected first rounder. And um, allegedly had a heart condition, but it, it doesn't, why, but it doesn't but, seem yeah. like it's going to impact him at all. So yeah, that's absurd. I was saying the Browns should have drafted him first round. And the fact that he was still there when they came back around, absolutely insane. Yeah, and my other little quick one was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What what do you get what for a draft when you basically have everything already? And they they picked up Kyle Trask, and Kyle Trask obviously has a lot to learn about the NFL, but putting him behind Tom Brady is a really smart idea. It might not work out in the long run, but you never know. Brady usually stays healthy, knock on wood, but if he goes down, you have someone to train behind Brady, and I just really like that uh, he'll be learning from the greatest of all time. So I'm going to have to, I like Kyle Trask a lot too. So for me, I want to go with Aziz Ojolari for the Giants because he was believed to be the second best outside linebacker, edge rusher, potentially, you know, in the draft. And the Giants passed on him early in the first round and they took uh, Kadarius Tony, which no one liked. <laughs> the fact that they got him though, mid second round when he was ranked as high as he is, is a great pick for the Giants because they've needed an edge rusher since Strahan and Tuck basically. So I think they got their guy and the fact that they didn't have to move up, they actually got the pick from Miami. You know, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if he'll end up being the second best pass rusher in the draft when it's done but he's certainly the second most polished um, right now. He is going to make an impact coming in already having Leonard Williams in the middle of that defense is definitely going to help. Um, I, I liked that draft. Uh, a lot of people pointed out if you flip one and two for the giants, people would have been a much lot better. Of a happy. Yeah, definitely. So, well, yeah, no, I like that pick. So let's go with then, you know, it sucks, but not all players pan out. None of them. You know, not all of them are good. Not all of them have long, productive careers and potentially go to the Hall of Fame. You know, some of them will be a bust. And who do you think will be the potential biggest bust from this draft? Or am I doing bust or reach? Which one am I going? Biggest reach pick. Never mind. Bust will be next. So the biggest reach. So who? Uh, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, that's where I was going. For sure. That's that's a guy who was going to go end of the second round. They took him mid first. Um he played offensive tackle at Bama. He's probably going to be better as a guard. Um, he started as a guard in 2018 and then got just, moved back outside. There were but, significantly so many more tackles that they could have taken. Well, well, and here's the thing, too, is you you think that they probably thought this was a Trent Brown-type situation. Then why'd you get rid of Trent Brown? Like, get rid of their whole offensive and line. That, that goes back to the whole yeah, the thing. Whole of, was pretty yeah. good this past year. It was the strong point of their team, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, they don't get me wrong. I think they make up for it with the second round, um, uh, grabbing Travion Mayrig from um, TCU, who was my number one safety in the draft. I thought Jacksonville should have grabbed him at twenty-five. I thought that was the latest he was going to go. So great for them. But that Leatherwood pick, I mean, 
there were Darisol was still on the board. Um, obviously Tevin Jenkins, Cosme. Yeah. Yep. There were guys that they were almost all there. I mean, I guess if they really decided, hey, we really, really want to go guard here, and we think this guy can be a really good guard, why not trade back? Because there were there were players on the board that teams still would have traded up for. So, Clark, are you also going with Leatherwood as well? Um, no, I'll I'll change okay. it up just to right. add a little little difference to this. Um, I'm 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 going with the Jaguars here and Travis Etienne, uh, mm. a, a position that wasn't needed at all. James Robinson had a phenomenal rookie season, and I I don't know. I guess they just wanted to reunite Etienne, and he wanted with uh, Lawrence, but. You know, running backs and quarterbacks, you know, that, that connection's not always the same. It, it's basically quarterbacks and receivers or tight ends that have that connection more than anything. So I, I just don't like that pick when you could have gotten a better corner tackle safety, any of the other positions they drafted at that uh, other pick. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just not a fan of drafting something that you already have locked down really, really good. So real quick, I kind of introed it before, before going back to this pick, was the potential biggest bust of the draft? I mean, I think it's Zach Wilson, Ooh. for sure. Um, they've get, they've already kind of given him everything that he needs um, besides a stellar offensive line, and we're going to see if he can't compete behind a middling line that, you know, that line that he didn't have at BYU, obviously, the, the stellar line that he had there. Um, this could end up really not good, especially because he is a gunslinger. He is a guy that's going to go for it every single play, and he's going to try to improvise as much as he possibly can. And that's really good uh, when it works out. I that it's not going to go that way. Um, he can bust pretty quickly. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. Nope. So I want to go with staying in New York. But I want to go with Kadarius Tony, mainly because they drafted him and he's wide receiver four by default. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, they signed Kenny Galladay. They have Darius Slade and Sterling Shepard still there. And, you know, not for nothing, John Ross still there, but him and John Ross are very similar players. You also have Ingram there to catch passes too. Exactly. He's, on the target list, he's four to five already. So if he's not productive right out of the gate, he could very well get quickly buried in the depth chart. And he could be, you know, just kind of another John Ross, Philip Dorsett type where it was just a speed receiver and Austin, nothing really else. So he's going to have to perform relatively quick and make and take advantage of all the opportunities he gets. When defining the biggest bust, do you think this player is just going to be bad or not live up to the expectations? Not live up to the pick of where um, they. Took I, I usually go with bad, like like not even going to be like a backup or something. Well, like I'm going to go with not living up to the expectations, and I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. I think risky. It's ballsy. He had a phenomenal staff around him in Clemson. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be very good, but he's not going to be this greatest of all time, the highest scout college quarterback that everybody says he's going to be. Don't get me wrong. I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a fantastic college athlete, but he's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have to remember a team that has found very little success throughout their whole time as an organization. And I, I hope they hit it on the pit. That'd be great for an organization as a whole. I hope they really hit on the pit. They have urban Meyer there who, who's 
coming to the pros now. So Urban Meyer. So a lot of change, but it could either be really, really good for the Jaguars or it could fall flat on its head. And I'm looking at the history of the Jaguars. And as of right now, I just don't think it's going to be as good as people are. The Jaguars have been here easily four or five times in our lifetime alone. So Yes, but they've never had a generational quarterback. No, I agree. But but the problem with, I think, when you're assessing bus to quarterback of not living up to the expectations – I'm sorry, but Andrew Luck at that point is then a bust. Oh, I agree. Yeah, Andrew I agree. Luck was Andrew Luck was supposed to be literally what Patrick Mahomes has been, yeah. and, and you know, he and, wasn't. And you so, can but, be a but bust. That being said, Luck was fantastic. But you can also be a bust for a multitude of reasons. For Luck, he was a bust because of his health. Injuries. Exactly. Yeah. And, no, but that's also circumstances. I made and that I case think, a while ago. And I think Lawrence is going to be a, a button is in quotes for our audio listeners a bust because of the team around him. He's not going to yes. have much around him. He's he's going to be the the sole focus of that team and that's it i think he's great don't get i'm not saying he's bad by any means i want to clarify myself as clear as i could be i don't think he's bad i just think the organization and what's around him is not going to be enough for him to succeed so real quick before we wrap up because time is slowly ticking away who are your picks for offensive rookie of the year and defensive player rookie of the year from this class offensive rookie definitely give me trevor lawrence uh far and away for me honestly i think it's all set up for him to be the offensive rookie of the year uh, i don't think he's competing with many re- the only receiver i think he could be competing with is maybe waddle i mean if pitch if, if pitch is as good as they say i think i think pitts is going to be kind of slowly integrated into the falcon system i think watch watch for him to kind of be more into it after about week six lawrence is stepping in day one and kind and it's of all, being it's the usually team. a quarterback award also it, it, it is that's what's tough um i don't want to pick a quarterback just cuz that's very you know whatever i'm i'm i'm, t- I'm taking pitts justin you said it right there yeah, I, I that's think that's where i was going to if if julio and calvin oh obviously calvin's still going to be there but if julio still stays with the falcons you, you have your top two corners guarding those two and what you leave tight end right up the seam or something and he's just going to be scoring touchdowns all day so um i i'm going with pitts so, and then on the flip side of all, defensive rookie of the year, I want to start with, if Steve was here, he would talk about him. Yamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, and they've comped him to Darius Leonard. And he's around the ball, and he makes a whole hell of a lot of tackles. So if he plays similar to Leonard, he's going to be defensive rookie of the year. I'm going to go Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Um, I think he's just going to put up the sheer numbers early on in the career. Um, pass rushing wise, honestly, a sleeper too would be Quiddy Pay because if Buckner's going to be getting those double teams and Pay can just straight run through guys and he's able to do it on weaker kind of right tackles, um, I think it's going to be a year where an edge rusher is going to get it. I think it's going to be a guy who's going to be leading in sacks because I don't love any of the corners right away. I don't love any of the linebackers necessarily right away. Yeah, I, I I like picking D line too. Um, I don't want to shill over here, but I, I'm I'm going with Quiddy. I, I Jesse brought up the point exactly that I was going to make, especially if you get Dio healthy too, and that's another threat on the other edge. But the double teams go into Buckner 100, percent and then if Quiddy can win a one on one with any tackle and or any guard in the league wherever he's lined up as, yeah, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a lot of sacks. I, I like an edge rusher in general though to win or D lineman yeah. in general to win this award this year. So that wraps up about this episode of the NFL Draft Recap. Coming down the pipe, we're going to have a 
NHL, I assume, playoff preview. Jesse, you're going to work on an NBA one as well. And then we'll have WrestleMania backlash predictions towards the end of the week. Oh, boys, so Clark, working and we'll listen to those when they come out. They know the drill by now. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Sports Depth Pod. That's Sports D-E-P-T Pod. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Joe and Steve appreciate it. Justin just said all of our new recent stuff that's coming out. So stay tuned to all that fun stuff, and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.